July 1st, 1863, General George C. Meade saw a part of Lee's army in the town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The Union and Confederate armies are sent in for reinforcements to one of America's bloodiest battle on American soil. It's the middle of summer. The weather is depressing in Gettysburg, and the Union men arise at a scenery of tall green trees that surround a large, empty field of wet grass. The men are boiling in the sun, and one of those men is John Burns, who is clutching his flintlock musket, holding his breath. Burns hears the clacking of the boots that hit the rough there, and he observes the young men beside him. They look determined, yet terrified. Burns sees it in their eyes that they want to go back home, where they feel safe and comforted. They don't want to fight. They don't want to risk their lives over this war. The war wasn't worth it for them. Burns looked up and sees the calm trees that shined by the boiling sun. Sweat drips down Burns' face, and he grabs his musket tighter than ever. It's silent, and the sound is haunting. It's a dead, eerie silence. Calming, yet scary. Hearing the bushes ruffle or seeing quick movements terrifies Burns. He doesn't know if he's going to survive. He won't know if he lose an arm or a leg. He won't know if he gets shot or die in battle. It's a terrifying thought, and the sweat is just flowing down his face. After a while, Burns hears the yelling, and he approaches the white tents where the injured men laid. And where soon the dead men would lie too. He hears a distant thunder of cannons being exploded in midair, and the popping of the bullets firing out of the guns. Burns rushes to battle, holding his musket and powdered horn that morning of July 1st, 1863. He is with his regiment, the 7th Wisconsin Infantry and Burns continues his journey to the battle site. He encounters a wounded soldier from the Union, and his arm is covered in blood. His face is pale. He's shot. He doesn't know if the soldier's gonna make it, but he realizes that the wounded soldier is carrying a very nice modern rifle. And Burns asks the soldier if he could move on with the rifle, and the soldier agreed. Byrne kept advancing to the 150 Pennsylvania Infantry, and he approached Mayor Adam Smith. Byrne would be allowed to fall in with his regiment, and he kept on moving. Adam notices the strange way Byrne dressed, and how distinct it is. Byrne was an old man, and he wore a dark navy blue trouser a waistcoat, and a swallowtail coat with burnished brass buttons. He looks like a gentleman with his beautiful shaped silky hat, which has a shiny, glossy look. Adam realizes he's wearing an old-school fashion that was worn 40 years ago, before the 1860s. John Byrne 
is now sent into dark green woods next to an old farm. He would seek better shelter and protection from the blazing sun and the bullets of the Confederates. Burns is now fighting near the ends of the dark woods. Fighting alongside him is the famous Iron Brigade. Throughout the whole afternoon, Burns kept fighting, pushing through. He hears the popping bullets that are flying, and he can feel the swiftness of them flying through his arms and legs. He believes and he feels confident. He believes that he will survive this battle. And now he reloads his gun, energy is rushing through his veins, and his heart is beating quickly. He hides behind a rock and sees the face of the target. The target's face is covered with blood and mud. His fingernails are bloody and expression is full of rage. Burns isn't scared, nor nervous. He aims his rifle to his target, gripping the trigger. And he takes a deep breath in, and the popping sound of the bullet was released. But it wasn't his gun. And all of a sudden, his eyes are filled with darkness. Burns wakes up to see his arm has opened, his leg is bleeding, and his breast has holes bleeding out. He is injured, and he wouldn't be, he can't be able to escape. He groans out, losing the energy to speak, and hides behind the rock, tightening his rifle. Burns is remembered of this morning, and the sweat that was dripping down his face, but instead now, there's blood dripping down his arm, leg, and chest. Burns is an old man, and he is drained and injured. He manages to crawl, manages to move his uninjured arm, crawl away. He says that it's burning. His neck feels like exploding, but he keeps pushing and pushing to move out of the area. Burn abandons the rifle and hit the bullets. And he sees a distance, a blurry house. And he crawls and crawls, dragging his energy as he moves his hands through the grass, swifting through, and the bullets just scare him. He's terrified. And then he made it. The blurry house was not a white house. Unabandoned, but he feels safe. And he backs out. Burr wakes up, surrounded by surgeons who are desperately trying to save his life. And Burn survives the first battle of Gettysburg. He will live the rest of his own life and would eventually come home to his family. And Adam Smith, the curious man who questioned Burn's clothing, would continue the rest of the two days in, in the Battle of Gettysburg remembering the face of the old man in his fashionable uniform, hoping that he would, too, return home to his wife. The Battle of Gettysburg ended two days after July 1st, 1863. There was a total of 23,449 casualties from the Union and 28,063 casualties for the Confederates. Many people suffered terribly in this battle, but had many positive and negative consequences. The battle ended enslavement of free blacks. 
from the north. Yet, the fight will be foreshadowed by an exodus of black families. In the end, this battle caused a significant effect through the Civil War, and for the rest of American history, it would imply President Lincoln's Gettysburg Address and how slavery is affecting the United States.